Good afternoon and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to live from your true self through all of life's twists and turns. And you'll be challenged to lean into the mysteries of life to find your own deepest wisdom. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. And welcome to the Authentics Living Show today. I want to ask you a question. Why in the world do we have a body? I mean, if we really are soul, why didn't we just come here as soul? And with that, is it true that the body is our tempter, our evildoer, our sickness, or our death? Or is there something else going on in the body? Well, Emily Francis, our guest for today, is going to tell us about some, all about something about the wisdom of the body. With her latest book, The Body Heals Itself, she exposes some of that profound wisdom, teaching in specific the various messages the body gives us as it brings us to a deeper and deeper levels of consciousness. Are you having any trouble with your body today? Well, you want to stay here for the whole show. Emily Francis has worked in corporate wellness as an aerobic director, kickboxing instructor, and yoga instructor. She's a clinical massage therapist with extensive specialized training. Emily holds a gold medal in the U.S. Open in Tai Chi form and bachelor's degree in exercise science and wellness. She's currently pursuing a master's degree in physical education slash human performance concentration. Her books include her most recent, The Body Heals Itself, as well as Stretch Therapy, Witchy Mama, and A Leg Up on Lymphedema. Learn more about her at www.emilyafrancisbooks.com. Welcome, Fran- Emily, to the show. I'm so glad to have you here today. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Well, uh, let's start off with just asking a real simple question. Why did you write this book? I wrote this book. This is something that I've wanted to do for a great many years. And it's because when I was in massage therapy school 14 years ago, the teacher said that the psoas and the longus coli, so the psoas is a hip flexor muscle, and the longus coli is a deep muscle in the front of the neck. And he said those are the two most emotional muscles in the body. And I stayed after school, and I said, I'm fascinated with this. How did you learn that? Where can I, is there a book? Can I find out more? And he said, no. (laughs) There's nothing in print about this. It's just kind of been passed down through body workers from generations. Everybody kind of knows this, but there's there's no book work on it. And I just kind of tucked it in the back pocket at the time. But um, I became a specialized lymphatic drainage therapist. I work on people post-cancer. And um, the more that I got my hands on people's bodies, the more that I realized that the body communicates messages through muscle that is very much not taken into the mainstream of awareness. And it's really important because you can, you can honestly change the body and the mind one way or the other. You can do it through cognitive therapy or you can do it through manipulative therapy to the muscles when they expose their emotions and you can treat that way. And that way things that the body are holding on to that I think kind of slips by a lot of times can really access healing that people didn't realize is possible. Excellent, excellent. So the body really can be very informative and it also can create healing that maybe can't be healed with words. Exactly. Right. And the muscles, the muscles themselves, I think that's the part that, you know, there's so few body workers that 
that actually are intuitive in the muscles and that are listening to what the body is saying to them. But I honestly believe that everything that happens in your life doesn't just lock into your mind. It locks into your body and your muscles. And we know muscle memory exists. So we know that, you know, the muscles lock in a certain behavior patterns. Like, you know that if you get hit, you only have to be hit once and the muscles will flinch. They know. They know what to do. It's not just your mind. But in that, the muscles also lock in your greatest joys and your greatest sorrow. And, and if nobody ever accesses that, then I don't believe that th- deep and authentic healing is actually fully being, being discovered. Very well said. Thank so, you. okay, you say the body's always trying to communicate with us. What are some of the ways it tries to speak? Well, um, we had briefly discussed, you and I, uh, the knees. And the knees are very vocal. Um, a lot of people start to have swelling or issues with the knees when they are stuck. And it feels like they're standing in quicksand and they have, they're, they're at an impasse in their life. And they don't really know what is the next right step to take. And they're stuck in that indecision. And when they get stuck in that indecision, the knees are what takes it. They feel it. And they're telling you. So when people come in and they say, oh, my knees have all of a sudden started to hurt, or my knees are swelling, or there's issues going on, I know that they've hit an impasse in their life. And there's other muscles like the glutes, your bottom. Those muscles, when you get really angry, but it's just really not worth talking about, so you sit on it, you literally sit on it. And in those glutes, when you start to treat, people get really angry, and they just think that all of a sudden you've changed your pressure and you're becoming really mean or something, but it's because of those emotions that you didn't discuss before. They're sitting there, and they have to be, they're, they're coming up, and so people get a little sweaty and a little fidgety and a little angry until it makes some sense and starts to leave and provide some clarity. Yeah, so uh, uh, those are more or less general ideas. They might not fit, uh, you know, in specific. You have to get more deeply understood uh, in, with regard to each individual person. I'm sure that's true. Is that correct? It, it is, but it's, it's really interesting because it really does, like, it, it really, it's, it's been amazing. I've been kind of formulating this for the last 14 years, and it really does kind of go to every person when they have certain pains. If they, like most people have a lot of pain, or a lot of people anyway, have a lot of pain under their shoulder blade and they can't figure out what it is, those are really old emotional stab wounds being stabbed in the back, feeling betrayed. They're not just a physical thing. Although that's where I think we get a little lost sometimes is we can get so far onto the spiritual holistic side that we miss some of the really simple physical things. And sometimes you might have a shoulder ache because your purse is ridiculously heavy and you don't change sides. I mean, some of it really is a physical thing and you have to be able to decipher per person's body what they're, what they're telling you. And it's not from what they're saying. It's what their body is saying. And those two things might be in direct conflict. So how does, how does getting in touch with, uh, say, an emotion that's held in a, in a, like the anger that you spoke of that was in the glutes, uh, how does that facilitate, what does that facilitate in the person? What, what happens once they get in touch with that anger, then what? Well, if you can actually work with them. So you'll know the tricks to know that it's actually an emotional thing is when you start to see their toes curl, when you start to see them fidget, if they start getting a little sweaty or a little agitated, then you know. 
that it's emotional. Although you kind of have to check and make sure it's not gas <laughs> but, or that they're uncomfortable and moving. So you kind of have to play with the muscle a little bit and make sure. Is it the muscle firing? Is their body reacting in a certain way? And then if you can get them to just briefly discuss what it is that's going on, then those emotional pains, they go away. <laughs> but if I know this information and I don't help you coax it out of you, then I haven't done anything for you. Me acknowledging it but not treating it with your mental knowledge does nothing. Or right, very little, right. anyway. So you have to own it and do something with it. Yes. You, you have to, um, you know, I've worked on people that didn't realize it was emotional until we worked together. And then I would say, you know, if there's a random image or something that comes in your mind, don't think about it. Just say it out loud. We're not going to analyze it right now. Just say it. And, they'll, and these random things will come out, and they're thinking, where did that come from? That's so weird. But that's what's been sitting deep, deep in your body. Right, right. So there's, uh, you, you spoke of this being passed down from generations of body workers. Uh, these are old, ancient ideas that you've just put into a, a book, and you've, especially along with your own experience. What are some of the methods out there, both ancient and new, that allow us to listen to the body? Um, there are so many ways that a person can communicate with the body, and my way happens to be through the muscles. But uh, like Chinese medicine, of course, anything working with the energy body is incredible. Um, so I always, there's always a thing, you know, should you go to somebody on the western side or the eastern side? Because a lot of those eastern philosophies, Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic, they're looking at the whole person. And a lot of times here in the western side, we're just looking at what your symptom is. You know, but if you go to like a Chinese medicine practitioner that's going to do acupuncture and herbs, they're going to look at your tongue, they're going to take your pulses, they're going to ask about your bowel movements, they're going to ask about your sleep patterns and your dreams and your foods. They take into consideration every part of you. Um, a person that does what I do, I can scan the energy body. So let's say a therapeutic touch or a Reiki practitioner, they'll look at your energy body. And hopefully you'll find someone that has more than one way to communicate with the body so that we can pull from our toolbox and say, okay, is it in the energy body? Is it in the physical, emotional, muscle body? Is it in, you know, it's also the way a person comes in, the way that we assess someone. Just like a cognitive therapist that's working just with your mind will be able to assess where your mental state is by how you physically present yourself. And so right. you want somebody that has a wide array of study that they can that they do know how to hone in deeper than what you're, you're just saying. Like uh, the craniosacral therapist founder at the Upledger School, Dr. John Upledger, he would always say that he didn't want to hear your story. He just wanted to put his hands on you and let your body communicate your story. Yeah. And I think that's really important if you're a body worker, that you need to know how to communicate with the body directly and not just from what somebody tells you is going on. Right. Right, because there's so many layers to what's going on. There are so many layers. And I believe, and I wish more people would really understand this, I believe that the energy, subtle body of every person, honestly, that's where the miracles live. It's untapped treasure. And that emotional, subtle energy body can change the dynamic of yourself. It can change the dynamic of your understanding. It can change the dynamic of the connection to your spiritual center. That is where the magic lives. So to miss that subtle part of the body, that's where huge healing exists. 
And we have to find it, and we have to find people that know how to find it for us. I I went to, I've done a a lot of work on myself in in search of answers, and I sought out a shaman who did soul recovery and extraction, and amazing things to my soul level, and then I've had a lot of energy work received, and and, um, as far as the massage, you know, this stuff being passed down, they only really knew the psoas and the longest coli. So over the last 14 years, I've been picking everybody's brains that I've possibly met, and putting this stuff together, and then watching people's bodies and the way that they respond and understanding where they're holding those emotional patterns. Right, right. Right, so you're just staying open to what the universe has to teach you. Yes. I believe there's yes. a many, many languages, not just verbal. And I, I, my gift is to tap in. If my hands are touching somebody, the messages are very different for me. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. So uh, you speak of different bodies within the body, and some of our listeners know about this and some of them don't. So what do you mean when you speak of the emotional, mental, and energetic bodies? So the emotional body are the things that happen to you in your life and the way that we lock it into the mind. The mind and the brain often are interchangeable, and they're not. The brain is an organ. The mind is your thoughts. So... That alone right there, you have to make sure that, you know, if there's, if there's an imbalance in the brain, that's a different treatment than it is if there's an imbalance in your mind. And then the energy body, that can be uh, one of three things. It can be the energy that runs inside your body, the way that Chinese medicine understands it, is that you have a balance of po- positive, negative, yin, yin and yang, masculine, feminine, and the energy runs along the matrix of the fascia, which supports the muscles, and it, they call it the body's pantyhose. But there's energy moving in your body at all times, inside your body. And when those become blocked, that's where illness can occur. So by needles and by herbs and by touch, they can help that blocked energy to move. Another way to access the energy body is through your aura. It's an energy around your body that's outside of your body. And if somebody can read that, they can maybe see colors or patterns and where there are stronger or weaker areas that have, have... had damage. And then the other energy way is um, the chakras, which is, um, it's a Sanskrit word, but we believe that energy runs all the way through the body, just the way Chinese medicine does. But they believe that there are certain main centers down the center of the body. There's actually hundreds, but there's seven main ones that run up and down the body, and they govern uh, different things. You're starting from the bottom, um, the root is your connection to the earth, and then that that sacral chakra and that low back and that reproductive area is your connection to your art and your creativity and reproduction. And then you have your solar plexus, which is above your navel, which is your trust of self. And then everyone in the world knows about the heart chakra. We just don't put it into words that way. It's not your pericardium. So if somebody says, they broke my heart, they're talking about the energetic heart, the heart chakra. They're not saying my pericardium has a rip. They're saying, somebody broke my heart. So they understand instinctively that emotionally our heart space is a beautiful place of love that connects us to the God source. And then the throat chakra in the middle of the throat is all about speaking our truth and understanding that everything we speak carries with it a weight. So are we speaking in kindness? Are we speaking our truth? Are we, are, are we open to receive honesty? And then we have our third eye chakra, uh, just slightly above the eyebrows, which connects us into our spiritual center. And then last is that, that uh, crown chakra, which is energetically why a child has that soft spot on their head because it's still connecting them to the heavens. Yeah, 
All right. And those so are the those three, are... the energy spaces, the energy body is either the chakras, the aura, or your meridians, your meridian channels from Chinese medicine. And then, of course, your physical body is the dense matter of physical body, muscles and bones and those sorts of things. Yeah, when I try to uh, mentally sort of picture that whole thing as one thing, I th- I see I, I look into quantum physics into the idea that you know everything that appears to be solid is actually uh, and it, and its um, uh, most m- micro level is actually not dense at all, but wide spaces of of uh, seeming emptiness with um, molecular connections in there. And uh, all of that implies that those connections imply energy. So, uh, you know, that that makes me think of the physical body in terms of its energetic components. And, uh, and, and so when we think of it that way, we have to understand that it's got electrical impulses, which are, those are brain waves, mm-hmm. those are thoughts, those are emotions, those are all kinds of things that help us to really understand ourselves as more than just a body, more than just a mind, but something w- way bigger than that. Something and I guess so much bigger, yes. Yes, and that implies also the soul and its power as well. So we're going to talk some more about that right after the break. Uh, you want to stay here for this show. This is very interesting stuff that can be very healing for all of us. So uh, stay here to listen more from Emily Francis about her book, The Body Heals Itself. And we'll be right back after these messages. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The White House Doctor Makes House Calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We all have unique experiences and outlooks when it comes to leadership and team building. Yet sometimes we clash, even when trying to achieve the exact same goals. Check out Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. Your host is Dr. Cass Henry. A shared journey equals success. And every human interaction has the power to achieve this success by working together. Tune in every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. How is your relationship with your partner? Could you be closer and more connected? Though many stressors that impact couples may be unavoidable, being able to navigate whatever comes your way can make all the difference in the level of happiness in your partnership. To stay close and connected to your partner, you'll want to check out Coupled Up with hosts Karen Collins Achetti and Max Achetti. Broadcasting live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. 
If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now toll-free, 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today to Emily Francis about her book, The Body Heals Itself. She's just full of profound information about how we can heal ourselves and how our bodies have information for us. But before we go there, uh, I want to talk a little bit about, I'm excited about the Super Soul Sunday coming up November the 12th, 11 a.m. Eastern and Pacific and 10 a.m. Central. Oprah's going to be talking to Vice President of the United States, former Vice President of the United States, Joe Biden, and on his first television interview since the publication of his highly anticipated memoir, Promise Me, Dad, A Year of Hope, Hardship, and Purpose. Biden shared with Oprah how his faith informed his toughest decisions, including not running for president, his political career, and personal tragedies. So you don't want to miss this coming up November the 12th, 11 a.m. Eastern Pacific. Here's a clip from that show. What did coming to terms with writing this book and having to revisit all of the major moments in your life teach you about where you are now? Well, you know, uh, my mother used to say, and I thought it was so cruel, at one point, especially when uh, I lost my wife and daughter and we walked out of the hospital, they had a tractor trailer had broadsided them and killed them and my two sons were badly injured. And she said, Joey, grab my hand. She said, out of everything horrible, something good will come if you look hard enough for it. But that was my mother's, my mother's notion. We were taught to just, just to get up. When you get knocked on, just get up and, and, uh, and move forward and talk about how you know, so many people without the kind of help that I had do it every day, right, right today. There's somebody who's gone through something significantly worse than me, and they have nobody behind them, and they're getting up and they're moving. And it gives me such overwhelming confidence in, in, in people, the ability to absorb mm-hmm. pain and the spiritual reassurance that comes from knowing they're still a part of you. Wow. Now, I'm going to be there for that. I don't know about you, but I'm going to be there for that. So I hope you will be, too. We'll have something to talk about some more. All right. We're talking today, as I said, to Emily Francis. The Body Heals Itself is her book. And we are talking about, you know, the meaningful communication that the body has to give us through body work, which is the kind of work she does. So let me ask this, Emily. Why do we need to release emotions through body work? What's the point of release? Well, think about if you're walking in your life with a backpack on all the time and everything that happens to you, good or bad, but mostly the hard parts, you pick up a big heavy rock and you throw it in the back of your backpack and you just keep walking and you don't acknowledge it and you don't release it and so you just throw that rock back in there. And as you take every step, it gets heavier and heavier because you keep overloading this thing and you don't even know that there's something on your back. And then it becomes so heavy that you fall down or you become very sick or you break something in your body. There's always messages. There's a lot of messages that come before you actually get sick. There's a lot of little warning signals. So if somebody who's really obtuse to their body, they're walking around with a backpack full of really heavy stuff that they've never turned around and caught up with. 
So when you either go to seek counseling or you receive body work along with um, maybe not the same level of counseling, but being allowed to be in a safe space while somebody is touching your body, which is very vulnerable, and you're allowed to say anything you want to say because you're in that private safe space. I'm not allowed to repeat anything you talk about, and there's no judgment. So you're allowed to access your body at the same time, remembering things that your body has hung on to that maybe you haven't thought about in a great many years. And then all of a sudden, not only do you acknowledge it, but you're in a space that you can transmute it into something else. So you step back to the trauma, and you're the observer. You're the narrator of your story instead of the lead character. And it helps you to be able to assimilate it. Because I'm not asking you to forget it. I'm not asking you to forgive anything. I'm asking you to figure out a way to remove yourself from it so that you're not so attached to it that it weighs you down and hurts every part of you. And then through the body work and the energy work, it's both, you can help them to be able to let go of some of those really heavy rocks that they've been walking around with for so long. And then they feel like when, when they leave an energy session, if they've had an emotional release, you leave exhausted. You leave like somebody beat you down and you barely have the energy to go home and maybe cry yourself to sleep. But when you wake up the next day, you'll be a new person because 50 pounds of heaviness or more of your whole life has been lifted off by you and by me. We work together as a team to help you to find a new way of living and to be in tune and in touch with your body and to start communicating inward. I just think that's really important for your life, for the health, to experience life in a really positive, profound way. You have to be part of it. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, I'm, gl- I'm really glad you said I'm not asking you to forget it because that's what we tend to think that release emotions mean. Back many years ago when I started my psychotherapy practice, there were a lot of people who just said, well, you know, when you get really upset, if you just beat a pillow or you, you know, uh, beat up a punching bag or you do those kinds of things, you'll we release the emotions and that's all you have to do is just release it. And really what I found was that people would get madder or more upset when they started doing that. And it was because the emotions were trying to communicate the message that, that there's there's some kind of connection to your life today that you need to see. Right. It's not just what we held on to. It's also what we, what what it, how it's impacting today. It's so every you, part of you. Yes. I agree. Yes. Yes. So when you talk about this work, you're not just talking about people you know, you know, getting rid of an emotion like it's some kind of demon that you got to get rid of. Rather, right. it's it's real work that you're really trying to understand what what it was by you know doing the work for the body and then speaking the language of the body as it speaks to you. That's exactly right. And one of the things that I did in my book that I'm so proud of and honored to do is I interview a great many people from different fields. And they all write, it's mostly the appendix, there's an entire appendix of Ayurvedic medicine, Chinese medicine, meditation, um, many different things. I interviewed doctors, um, exercise physiologists, psychotherapists, psychologists. I I really went to a lot of lengths to back up my theories, if you will. And one of the people that writes in this book is a spiritual counselor, and she works for um, addiction medicine, and she's the chaplain for it, and she teaches a program on forgiveness. And one of the things that she talks about is that it's not about forgiving that person or, the, or condoning the action. It's about working with the part of yourself that's attached to that. 
And she wrote her program in the back of this book so that because forgiveness is a really tough thing to deal with. And I think a lot of times people brush over it. You just need to forgive it. Well, how do you do that? My body hurts from it. My mind hurts from it. I, I go back to it a lot. So how do you really, how do we understand forgiveness in a way that is healthy and that we can understand well enough to integrate into our body, into our minds? And so she offers that. And I'm, I'm excited that so many people gifted me with their time and their, and their expertise because, again, I work with muscles, I work with your energy body, but, I, you know, I have my one very specific place to help you with. And when the body is working on healing itself, you need all the help you can get. And I tried really hard to gather from far and wide for that purpose. Well, thank you for all that work that you did because we're going to benefit from it. And I thank really appreciate you. So, okay, you talk in the book about both the methods that you can use to facilitate the release of emotions and then some that we can use on ourselves. I want to talk first about some of the methods or techniques you might use to facilitate the release of emotions. Uh, I would do, um, so it depends on what muscle and what part of the body is telling me that it has the the, the most pull, and I would do... um, Deep tissue if it needs it, softer if it needs it, and I would absolutely implore, uh, employ Reiki, energy work. And then, like I said, if my hands are on someone, the messages that come through to me are very, they're direct from spirit, and my, my understanding of your body becomes very different if I have hand contact. And so whatever it is that the person needs will be guided through, through spirit and through my intuition. Uh, so that is, it's hard to really say, well, if it were here, I would do cross-fiber friction, and then I would try to really set, set the muscle straight. It really depends on where they're, where they're carrying the most pain. And then I would have to trust that I'm not working alone. And that's part of the reason that I actually, they changed the title to The Body Heals Itself because I reiterate that so much in the book because it drives me insane if anybody refers to themselves as a healer because you are the facilitator, but spirit is the healer. You are not. You are just helping. And it's, it's something that's really important to me because I think when you get caught up in it and you think it's you, you lose your gifts, <laughs> and I don't want to do that. So I take yep. my work very seriously, and it works through spirit, through my hands, through my intention, through my awareness. And so I pull whatever I have in my toolbox. If I have to put on gloves and go inside their mouth to release some of the muscles, I will do that. But each person is different, and how they present will make me react differently. Right. Right, so that's the whole point of energy work. You mentioned Reiki. Some people know what that is and some people don't. Would you just kind of give us a brief overview of what is Reiki? Um, I, I, tr- I say that it's like the laying of the hands referred to in the Bible, but it is a hands-on uh, technique that spirit works through you. You are an open and clear conduit of love and healing energy, and it helps, the, it helps to work through you into their body to help their energy body find and correct its imbalances. Right. Okay. So that's the whole point of energy work of any kind. It's not just Reiki, but any kind. Correct. Therapeutic touch. And see, like in Japan, people do Reiki in the hospitals. Here, they they consider that you need to go to church and get cleaned up. Like, (laughs) they don't really understand. And it's just a really, it's a verbiage thing. It's unconditional love and healing energy. That's what it is. I've spoken to some nurses who have decided to to take their Reiki practice into nursing, and they've gotten their degree and their RN, and they're now actually working in the hospital using their Reiki in the hospital while they also practice, you know, me- the medical model of medicine as well. Um, I think that's very interesting that I'm seeing that in the South, where there's typically a God bless them. 
Yeah, now, really. a lot of times a lot of nurses do therapeutic touch because people are okay with those words. Yeah. And, and yeah. honestly, I went to a beautiful retreat with nuns, and they did Reiki circles, and their energy was beautiful, amazing, powerful energy. And it was, it was just the most, I was laying on a table and there were several people around me. And there was another table, there was like three tables with three different nuns leading it and then a lot of people. And I had this thought in my head of, oh, I wish I could have laid on this other table with that nun. And the nun looked at me like, I hear you, and walked right over, left that table and put her hands on me. That's a wow. beautiful communication that, that God took care of. I didn't, uh- I didn't sit up and say, hey, you, can you come over here? But what a magical sensation that is, that you're so in tune and that you're so empty and clear in that moment that spirit can use you and go from person to person and say, this is how we do it, or I'll just work through you. Just open up. Open up and I'll help you. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So what do you mean by creating a sacred space? Because I think that's so very important. I think that creating a sacred space is your absolute most important thing that you can do when you bring somebody else into it for the purpose of healing. Because I believe, well, like I've said many times already, that I work with spirit. I don't work alone. And creating a sacred space means that I pull in from the highest energy. For me personally, that does mean Jesus, and that means the angels, and that means other, other um, people, other deities on the other side, if you will. But I think somebody that's laying down and that's about to feel your hands and your presence needs to know that you come from the highest space. And so I do my prayers out loud, and I ask them who they pray to as well so that we know that we're on the same team, inviting the same white light into our space. And there's no, you know, it's nerve-wracking. Energy work is intense, and, and it's important that the person that's receiving feels very safe and knows that you, in, you with your hands and spirit that is invited in has nothing but the intention for your greatest good and highest joy. Yep, very good. So how might we might go about doing that for ourselves individually? How can we create our own sacred space while we're it, in order to provide ourselves with some healthy healing? Uh, here's a couple little tricks. Uh, sea salt is always your best friend. It is a cleaner. It's an energy cleaner. So I love to have sea salt in a bowl, or I actually like to sprinkle it around the space. Um, I like to sprinkle it in my hands and rub it together. Um, I like, to, I like to light sage and let the smoke circle the air to clean not just the bacteria, which it's actually been proven to do, but it clears your energy space and the space of a wall. Like if you move into a new house, you should light sage and let the smoke go up and down the walls so you can release the person that used to live there before, so you're starting new. And um, the other, another little trick I learned from my Reiki teacher, she takes her two fingers and she circles around the roof of the room and she says, I cast a circle around the space where only the highest light may enter. And when she taught me that, it became my mantra, became a very important piece to my work. And I do that before anyone comes in. So depending on who the person is, I can do it out loud in front of them or I've already done that. Those are, those are my top three ways, but there's you, you, crystals, intention, prayer, there's sound. People use those little bells and things that they move together because the sound will break up some of the energy patterns. There's a lot of ways to go about it. There's a great book out there called Psychic Protection, and one of the things that they do is they clean a space, and then in four corners on the floor, they do a bowl of water in glass. They do a, a, a stick of incense. And then in another corner, they do salt. And then in one more corner, they light a candle. And that's for water, ether, air, which would be the incense, fire, candle, and uh, the salt would be earth. 
so to give you the four elements and to keep your space clean. And when I would do that, even people that weren't energetically in tune would always comment, what did you do in this room today? It feels really good. Wonderful. So how does breathing, now we just have a, a minute or so before the break, but how does breathing uh, factor into this? Breathing can change your life. And, uh, and I'll wait till after the commercial to really finish, but my yoga instructor, I, I studied at an ashram, and they said, the breath has the capacity to cause or cure any disease. And when you think about that, if somebody is sick or hypertension or things like that, their breath is very short, high up in the chest, very shallow, and it doesn't give that body its ability to oxygenate its blood and its cells. And when somebody's really healthy or, or grateful, the breath drops deep into the diaphragm and you can access an amazing amount of healing within your body just from the breath. Right. So you can push that with breathing exercises, but you can also push that through the, the sort of psychic change that happens as a result of the healing itself. Yes. Because the diaphragm yeah. is responsible for 80% of your breathing and then 10% in the chest and then 10% in the clavicle. So a lot of people that are really stressed out only get 10% of that breath in from way high up in the chest and everything else is locked down. But when you drop the energy and you allow the diaphragm to get the most of your breath and you reach 100% lung capacity, it, it, there's, a, there's an old quote where there's breath, there's hope. And that's just true. Yeah. Yeah, what that does is allow us to really uh, be present. I think it's really interesting that so many passages in the Bible talk about spirit as pneuma. Pneuma is the Greek word for breath. So I, I think spirit is definitely related to that breath, and that's and, and so connected to prana of the Eastern Indian religion, the Hinduism, and you know a lot of, a lot of those uh, sort of ancient texts talk about breathing. So it's very, very vital. Thank you for sharing that with us. We're going to take a break right now, and we're going to be back in just a few minutes with some more from Emily Francis. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com you're ready for big changes in less than one month's time, you're ready to tune in for Radical Change Now with Dr. Mary Oz. It's where healing meets the law of attraction in an engaging package. You'll hear from guests and callers as they share their stories, offer solutions to life's challenges, and much more. With Dr. Mary's approach, even a child could effectively learn and apply the concepts discussed on each week's show. Listen live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Life carries many uncertainties. Just when we think we may know where we are headed or think we have what we need, life happens and we are redirected. Join host Trina Wines each week for Life Happens, Let's Talk. By hearing stories from people just like you, as well as guest experts who can help, you'll arrive at your own understanding of the role you play in creating the outcome of your life. Listen live every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you always known that something different was possible for your life and in the world? What if you could create beyond your current reality? If your relationships, finances, business, health, and life could be anything, what would they be? Join Heather Nichols for an invitation to discover what is true for you in every area of your life. 
and for conversations loaded with pragmatic tools for how to create it. Listen live every Monday at noon Pacific and 9 p.m. Central European Time for Creating Beyond Reality on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now toll-free 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We're back talking again today with Emily Francis, the author of The Body Heals Itself. And before we do anything else, Emily, I want to ask you if you wouldn't mind telling our listening audiences how they might contact you, anything about your web page or uh, uh, any events you've got coming up that you'd like to share. Okay, great. Uh, my website is Emily, E-M-I-L-Y-A, Francis, F-R-A-N-C-I-S, books.com. That's all one word, Emily A. Francis, books.com. My Facebook page is Emily A. Francis. And I love email. I love when people message me. I always get back to everyone. So please feel free to reach out to me anytime, and I will help you find a great therapist in your area or answer any questions that I can. And I do have a book signing in Atlanta, Georgia, in December on the 17th at Phoenix and Dragon Bookstore. And that's from 4 to 6 on a Sunday. So if you're in the southeast, come on over, come visit, come get a book and get a signing, and we'll talk a little bit about body healing. And I also lead, um, I lead free energy healing workshops every third Sunday of the month over at Phoenix and Dragon, honoring the sacred feminine. And anybody's welcome to come and receive hands-on healing. We all share, share the energy. So that's it. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you so much. All right, well, I want to talk just a little bit in specific about some of the muscles that you work with that, uh, and what, they, what healing kind of work can be done with them and what, you, what gets released. We talked a little bit about knees in the beginning, but I, I, want, to, I want to go back and reference that psoas muscle mm-hmm. uh, because that's something that I've been reading about recently and, and wanted to know more about. I'd never heard of it before, and I wanted to understand a little bit more about that. So the psoas, it's spelled P-S-O-A-S, and the real word is iliopsoas. So it's actually the iliacus and the psoas, they come together to form the belly of the psoas muscle. But if you feel your hip bone, it's just slightly above it and in a little bit towards the pubic bone. So it's basically between the hip bone and the pubic bone. It's a deep hip flexor. So when you lift your leg, you're using that psoas. But the thing about the psoas besides the fact that it's a very energetic place, and it also has a nerve, it's the lumbar plexus nerve bundles that run through it that help with emotional signals as well. But when somebody throws their low back out, it's the psoas. It's the psoas that is cramped up. So if, if somebody comes to my office and they can't stand up or they've thrown their low back out, I know that I need to turn them over and release that psoas muscle so that they can stand up again. So people that sit at a desk all day or drive cars all day or there was a, a dentist that I used to work on that was, he would sit really funky in that little, you know, stool and have to torque his body and I would have to release that psoas anytime he was going on a family vacation or anything so he could actually enjoy sitting in the car and playing a little bit. But the psoas muscle is it, it's everything that you do. It's, it comes from, the interesting part is it originates 
on the spine, but facing the front. So it's the front part of your low back spine. And then it comes around to the front and inserts way high up in your inner thigh on the little inside notch of the bone inside the leg. So there's just, there's so much movement. Almost nothing doesn't involve the psoas, truly, unless you're just moving your upper body. But really, the psoas is kind of your center of muscles. And it's a real shame because I'm starting to hear now that massage schools are starting to ban teaching it to massage therapists. And I think the problem is that so few people are focusing on clinical now and trying to keep up with other schools. And so they're doing like a signature program where you're doing spa work and massage and you're missing the fact that you could really change the dynamic of the body by treating the psoas. And now all of a sudden you have new students that don't even know how to do it. And that's, that's kind of inexcusable in my opinion, <laughs> but it's, it's a major, major player for your back, for your front, for your energy, for the nerves, for the way that your body processes emotion, especially if anybody emotionally, if somebody has been mishandled, the psoas is going to lock into that muscle, those emotions. And then it doesn't necessarily just sit in the muscles. It can, it can go into those reproductive organs. And I'm not going to say for sure, but there is an argument to say that the ovaries and those reproductive organs when, when illness occurs is the energy of holding in trauma. Mm. So, I mean, not just only. There's always factors, genetic factors and other things, so I'm not saying it's only. But from that standpoint, there's a lot to be said for what's holding in that space. And the muscle itself is the psoas. So if we could at least release that muscle tension that's holding the emotions and also, again, those nerve signals, those nerve signals are what makes you have an experience. So when something, a stimulus from the outside of you happens, like let's say, unfortunately, if you're mishandled, it's through the central nervous system that you process that something happened. And that is, there's such a big nerve bundle going through the psoas. So the psoas energetically really helps you to find your balance. And then the fight, flight, or freeze that happens when, whenever anything happens all occurs in the psoas. If you fight, you've got to get up. You've got to power off. Well, that is the psoas. That's the muscle. If you run away, you also have to jump up and run and use the psoas to get up and get out of the way. And if you freeze, you curl up into a fetal position, and that's the psoas pulling in the legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard somebody say one time that it was the muscle of the soul. Is that an it accurate is. perception? I say that in my book. <laughs> okay, oh, that's probably I, where I, I put it. <laughs> that might be where you read it. Um, it, is, it is such a direct correlation. It, yeah, there's, so, just so much that's, there's so much magic in that muscle, and there's also so much anguish in that muscle. And it really, to, to access the psoas, if you don't know what you're doing, you can perforate somebody's colon. You have to go under the colon, and, and you have to, to know what you're doing. And not a lot of people, not a lot of bodies can present the psoas that well. So in my book, what I offer for people to be able to treat themselves at least the best they can is for stretching. So at least mm-hmm. I teach you how to stretch your psoas so that you can start to speak to it and to help the muscle relax a little bit and work for yourself in that area. Right, right, Okay. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about uh, the, the hamstrings. That's something we hear a lot about. You know, it's interesting. The hamstrings, to me, are the least emotional in the body. Oh, really? They're like your bodyguard. They're okay. very stoic, uh, and, and they don't give you a lot of information. So when it comes to hamstrings, I do a lot more in stretching and a lot more to the glutes and things because those hamstrings connect into the glutes and into the calves. But the hamstrings, to me, are your support muscles. 
They're your bodyguard muscles. They keep you in check. They go where you need to go. So when it comes to hamstrings, I'm a much bigger proponent of stretching them than I am to go deep and try to find an energy piece there. Okay. Now, I will say one of the biggest muscles that I really would offer, if I could could change your life today in, in three minutes, it would be your jaws, your jaw muscles are... They hold so much tension, stress, sadness, joy. Not that much joy, actually, to be honest, but a lot of stress, tension. A lot of people's headaches are because of their jaws. They clench their jaws. They grind their teeth. They're angry a lot. People are very short-tempered these days. Patterns in general aren't that positive. Um, And the jaws, like putting on gloves and going inside somebody's mouth, they can't even believe the release that happens throughout their whole head and neck. But if you don't have a therapist that can do that, you can take a cork from a wine bottle or you can get it from the arts and crafts store. You take a cork and you put it vertical, which means up and down long ways, between your top and bottom teeth, and you hold it for three minutes, and your jaw muscles will release in a way that you have never felt if you've never done it before. At the top of your head relaxes, the temporalis muscle relaxes. When people think about the temples and rubbing your temples, they think about that small little spot you know, outside of the eyes, but the temporalis muscle fans all the way across the whole side of the head down to the base of the skull. And so when you release those muscles, it's like a, a, your eyesight is better, <laughs> your temper is a little bit better, and your headaches release. So that, that's a monster if I could offer that on, in an interview is take that cork. I keep one in my glove box. So if I'm stuck in traffic and I'm frustrated, I'll pull my cork out. And I'll just release those muscles. And the cork, because it's cork, doesn't hurt when you bite down. So you can bite down as hard or soft as you want. It doesn't matter. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. So what about the abdominal muscles? That's something that we're always hearing about. Everybody wants to get their abs flattened out. So what about those muscles? Um, The abdominal muscles do hold some emotions, of course. But it's, it's interesting because a lot like the hamstrings, I would go more towards the energy space that's behind the abdominal muscles, and that would be the psoas or the diaphragm or that chakra, that, that solar plexus that I was talking about that's above the navel, that sits behind those abdominal muscles. And that's a really important piece. And so a lot of times when you think about abdominal muscles, you're just thinking about your gut. I feel it in my gut. Your abdominal muscles are your support. They support that instinct and that feeling. But it's really, it's a gut thing. It's a trust in yourself. It's trusting yourself and trusting your intuition. If you feel something, don't let anybody talk you out of it. If that's what you feel, trust it. That's spirit talking to you. They can talk it through the muscles. They can talk it through the energy space. But that whole area, that whole area in there is about what you believe and what you feel. And to cut it off, you could have some abdominal issues for sure. So what about all this uh, trying to flatten out the tummy? Is that uh, good for us or bad for us? Well, it's always good to have a strong core. So I don't necessarily care if it's flat per se. I care if it's strong so that you can help the low back and your mid back be strong. We have to work together. And the low back carries a lot of emotion. That's, that's a lot about moving forward, having trust, and financial security. All sits in that low back. So if you have a weak core, then everything's off balance between the front and the back. So, yeah, I, I don't necessarily care if you have, like, a ripped stomach or even a flat stomach, but I do want you to have a, a good strong core and a good, a, a good internal strong core, too. You know, this is <laughs> core physical and core, you know, values, whatever you want to say, but you have to be able to help that low back and all those fears that sit in that low back sit in the front, too. Everything works together. 
Yeah, and we hear a lot of people talk. I'm trying to think of topics that I hear people talk about that are fairly common out there. I hear a lot of people talk about the sciatic nerve. Is that related to the psoas? Uh, Well, the sciatic nerve runs under the muscle called the piriformis. And the piriformis, in my opinion, is a doozy muscle. It's a very, very important muscle to keep open. If you do yoga, the pigeon pose is your best friend. Or the figure four, or even just crossing your leg, um, not... Not like a lady where the knees touch, but the figure four where you're crossing the leg and kind of just leaning forward and opening that side glute area. But the piriformis muscle is on top of the sciatic nerve. So when that muscle gets too tight, it clamps down on that nerve, and then you have that sciatic pain. So, again, and that is part of the glutes. So that's the whole aggravation suppression and also opening yourself up and being a little bit more flexible, seeing things outside of the midline, um, but stretching for the, for the piriformis will really help that sciatic nerve. So when somebody comes to see you, you might do the work for them, but you also encourage them to continue to do the work at home through stretching. I do, and that's why I wrote Stress Therapy years ago. I wrote, I, I had originally, many years ago, wrote Stress Therapy and then a compilation to it, for, and it was a self-published book way back in the day, and it was just basically people missed the simple stretching. I, I had a client that was a marathon runner, and he called me and said, I pulled my hamstring, I've heard about you, I'll give you one shot. I said, okay, give me an hour and a half. <laughs> and then I found out what he does for a living and that he travels all the time. And then I gave him these really simple stretches to do from the commercial break to the end of the commercial break. Simple. And he came back to me the next week and he said, I ran my first race in 13 weeks because the stretches you gave me were so easy, I actually did them. And I started joking and I said, ah, I should write a book. Well, that ended up being my first book I ever wrote. And then years later, a publisher picked them both up and that's how I got started on my way. But it really is because... We miss the basics. People are trying so hard to tell all the things they know, and they want you to stretch so intensely. But really, those basic stretches that you can just kind of hang out and watch TV and not really change your life but open up can make you more mobile. So that's really important to me. Yeah, yeah, those those little... Um yeah, I agree with that. I hear so much about, you know, cardio and all that, and I don't, I don't want to say anything's bad about that, but I do want to say that these, the, the little stretches do do, ma- they do make a difference. They make a huge do. difference, and to neglect your muscles in that way, I mean, you're looking at injury. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And lengthening, lengthening those muscles and, and getting them to their full range of motion can release stress and can release emotional tension. It's not just your stress and, and you don't want to pull something because if you're going to jump on and do a workout and you're not going to stretch, you're pretty much guaranteed that at some point you're going to pull something. Your muscle's going to yell back at you. It's going to bite back, and it should, you yeah. know, but it's our job, and that's why I put these stretches into this book. And, and, you know, I'm very blessed, too, because my original stretch therapy publisher gave me the rights to the pictures that I could add back into the body heals itself. So it's a lot of repeat um, but the stretch therapy book is about how to stretch other people, how to stretch at your office, how to stretch in your bed, how to stretch pre and post workout, and then stretching for each body part. And then in the body heals itself, I pulled in some of those, one for each body part, so that if you are home and you don't have a therapist, you can still access your muscles yourself and treat them with love and kindness because our muscles need it. Yeah. Yeah, especially if they if they're if they're carrying woundedness, the more we nurture ourselves in some kind of physical, mental, emotional way, the more we are healing ourselves. Thank exactly. you so much, Emily, for being on the show today. This has been a wonderful uh, interview. I've really enjoyed hearing your expert information on how the body heals itself. So thank you so much for thank being here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, thank you, and anybody that listened, please feel free to contact me at any time. And I, I wish you all the very best. All right. 
So that's it for today. We're coming back again next week. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll talk again next week 